previously on Saga of the Jewels. Seventeen-year-old Rin's hometown is attacked by General Vor of the Empire, and everyone he has ever known is killed. Just before he dies, Rin's father gives him a ruby, which causes him to protect fire. Rin is captured by the Empire and meets another captive, Princess Nuthia, who has the ability to project lightning. Nuthia explains to him that the Empire have learned of the existence of twelve primeval jewels which grant the ability to manipulate different elements and are searching for them. The Imperial vessel where they are being held is in turn attacked by a pirate airship and the pirates capture Rin and Nuthia. The lead pirate, Captain Sagar, agrees to escort Nuthia back to her homeland and to spare Rin's life in exchange for the promise of gold, gemstones and beautiful women upon her safe delivery. They land in the port city of Ast and recruit an engineer called Elran. Ast is then attacked by the Empire, who are using the Fire Ruby to invade the continent and search for more of the jewels. Rin, Nuthia, Sagar and Elran flee the city together, but are then attacked by a bounty hunter, Vish. They manage to subdue the bounty hunter, but Nuthia is gravely wounded in the process. Rin beats Sagar to the hunter's mount and rushes Nuthia to the nearest town, where he finds a healer, Sid a mysterious old man who saves the princess's life with his arts and asks to join the travelling party, saying that he believes it is the purpose of the One, the god that he and Nuthia each worship. On leaving the town, the party is pursued by an enormous dog-like monster driven by a troop of imperial soldiers. The party manage to escape with the help of Vish, who fights on their side in exchange for Sid supplying his poppy seed habit. Sid reveals that he was once a member of another adventuring party who set out to find the twelve primeval jewels, but failed. The party press on to the capital city of Syrah, where they ambush some imperial soldiers and steal their uniforms in order to sneak onto a sleeper train bound for Nuthia's homeland. They make it aboard successfully, then go to sleep for the night. Episode 15 Disembarking Wake up, man! Out of your bunks, sun's up. We'll make Manolia in two hours. Rin opened his eyes to the grubby underside of the bunk above him, which he saw through the visor of the helmet he was wearing. It took him a few moments to remember that he was posing as an, that he was posing as an imperial soldier on a train bound for Manolia. In the instant after he registered all of this, he realised he had slept without having a nightmare for the first time in many days. Come on, up you get, maggots, yelled the man outside again, outside their own compartment door now, banging on it so that it rattled noisily. Hold on a moment, thought Rin. I recognise that voice. Deep, commanding, superior. Rin got up and opened the door. The general stood in his black armour, his flame-red hair on display, his gauntleted hand still suspended in the air from knocking on their door. He hadn't needed to have a nightmare in his sleep. His nightmare had come to his waking day. Rin just, just stood staring at him for a moment in surprise. Vor raised an eyebrow in brazen nonchalance. Good to see you up already, soldier. A pause. What is it? What do you want? Hot fury filled Rin's lungs. To see you dead, he shouted and punched the general in the face. Vor staggered back and crashed into the wall behind him, clutching his nose. He was so big the whole carriage shook. At the same moment Rin became aware of what he had done, he also became aware that he didn't care. He had acted purely on impulse and blown their cover, but it didn't matter. This was the reason he was on this journey, to find this man, to kill this man, no matter what Nuthia says about forgiveness. Vor was upright again, his hand away from his face. He had the beginnings of a bruise coming through under his eye, but no burn marks. Rin's hand had lit on fire when he had punched the general, but that hadn't done anything. 
That's right, he's immune to fire. The general stared at him, apoplectic. Dissenter! Treachery! Rin drew his sword and leapt at Vor, swinging it wildly at his head. Vor got his arm up, and the sword smashed into the black metal plate of the man's armour, sending painful reverberations down Rin's arms. Undeterred, Rin drew back and threw, a st- threw strike after strike at the general, trying to catch him in the head. But the huge man was also fast. Again and again he got his arms up in the way of Rin's blows, and they deflected uselessly off the black carapace, only making loud clangs and lighting a few sparks off them. And then Vor caught Rin's hand. Rin yelped as pain lanced through his arm. The general twisted it down and around into an odd position, his sword clattered to the ground. Rin tried to light another fireball in his left hand, but the pain in his right arm was so great he couldn't focus properly to do it. He just ended up banging his left arm uselessly into Vor's side. The general didn't even seem to notice. "'What are you doing, soldier?' Vor snarled in Rin's face, so close now that Rin could see the blood red of his irises. "'Are you a dissenter, or just a really terrible assassin?' There were shouts coming from the compartment behind Rin, but he couldn't make them out. Footsteps all around, too, other soldiers flocking to the general's side. Rin shut his eyes as Vor shoved the fingers of his free hand into his visor slit and yanked upwards. The helmet came off Rin's head. Rin opened his eyes and stared hatred at Vor's horrible round face. "'You again,' said Vor. "'The mongrel from Estan, who turned up in Ast as well. "'You are becoming very irritating. "'How did you infiltrate this train?' Are there others with you? Hatred prickled in Rin's lungs. The only thing he was afraid of was that he would die now without first being able to take revenge on this man who had killed his parents. Instead of answering, he spat in Vor's face. Vor saw it coming and merely tilted his head to one side so that the globule of saliva went over his shoulder. You miserable little piece of poodoo, said Vor. Rin's stomach flared with pain and the air rushed out of him. He fell backwards onto the floor as Vor let go of him and curled up at once. Vor had punched him hard in the gut. It hurt like all the hells, even through his armour. The general was so strong. Vor stood over him and his voice boomed out. Everyone in this carriage, remove your helmets! From his place on the floor, Rin could only see Vor's black steel-capped boots, but he grimaced and scrunched his eyes up in expectation all the same. What have I done? I've given my friends away and I didn't even kill Vor in the process. Come on, Vor bellowed in the compartment. Do it, all of you. This is it. Rin was expecting a noise of surprise or rage from the general, but none came. Good, said Vor. What? Rin dared to open his eyes and twist around a bit. Sid and Elran had taken off their helmets. So had the two soldiers who shared their compartment the night before. But Nuthia, Sagar and Vish were nowhere to be seen. If there are any more of them, and they are intelligent, said Vor, they will have spread themselves throughout the train to avoid detection. I don't know why this one gave himself away. I can't imagine he really thought he could harm me. I'm beginning to think he must be soft in the head. A tremendous pain bloomed in Rin's back, and he skidded across the compartment wall, crashing into the far wall. This this time Vor had kicked him across the room. He moaned and lay prone, spasms of pain shooting up and down his spine. General, sir, said one of the soldiers quiveringly. Tilbrook from last night. What? Vor growled. There were two more soldiers in the compartment with us last night, and they they never took off their helmets either. What? Why did you not challenge them? I I don't know, sir. There was a shadow finger with them. A shadow finger? Which one? Shadow finger Vish, General. Vor went silent for a moment. After a while he said, You to someone. I don't recognise you. 
You're a bit old to be serving with the 66th Division, aren't you? No, sir, said Sid's voice, remarkably calm. Name's Tarn. I've seen a good few tours in my time, and I've been transferred to the 66th because I wanted to see some more action in this one before I leave service. Beg your pardon, sir, but I'm not that much older than Valen here. Shut up, said Vor. I didn't ask for your life story. Sergeant Dirk, Vor called. Hurried footsteps. Yes, sir. A new voice. There are at least two interlopers aboard this train with bounties on their heads, and Shadowfinger Vish is here too. I don't know what he's up to, but I want them all found. Order all units to remove their helmets. I want these vermin rounded up now. Sir, yes, sir. Go! More hurried footsteps that faded. You, Vor said to Sid. With me, now, bring the mongrel. Yes, sir, said Sid. Sid drew his sword and gestured with it for Rin to follow Vor. Walk, scumbag, he said, with convincing animosity, playing his part well. Gods, I hope he is playing a part. All of a sudden, Rin had a flash of doubt as to whether he could really trust Sid or not. Could he really trust any of his travelling companions? But no. Sid had healed him when he had nearly died. Sid had told them an elaborate story about trying to track down the jewels with other people once before, with too many corroborating details for it to be made up. Sid had been training him in sword fighting. Sid was on his side. Sure enough, as Sid marched him at sword point down the length of the train behind Vor, who bellowed into each compartment they came to for everyone to take their helmets off, at one point he walked a little closer to Rin and whispered, Don't worry, you had a momentary lapse in judgement, but we can get out of this. I'm sure the others will be back for us soon. Will they, or will they just leave me just leave me for being so stupid, Rin thought. Saga won't want to come back for me. Will Nuthia? Just try to stay calm and don't say anything. If the general does you any serious damage, I can heal you later. Serious damage? What did he mean by that? Butterflies darted about manically in Rin's stomach, and he began to tremble. They went through a door into another carriage. This one was different, open plan, not separated into compartments, and had red carpet and purple curtains. Inside, a number of the black armoured soldiers sat on leather cushioned chairs, much more comfortable looking than the benches in the other carriages. None of these soldiers were wearing their helmets, and they generally looked older and larger than the regular soldiers Rin had encountered. Other officers, Rin realised. Through the windows on either side of the carriage, the landscape of Imphis, was it still Imphis? Streamed by in the brightening morning sunlight, now becoming increasingly hilly and mountainous. Tension! Vor yelled to the assembled officers. To a man, they all stopped whatever they were doing, shot up out of their seats, and snapped into salutes, barely hiding confused frowns. At ease, Vor said. Listen closely. I found a rebel infiltrator on this train. He inclined his head briefly towards Rin. He is jewel-touched, but only by the ruby, so he will not be able to hurt any of you. There was a bounty on his head because he challenged me once before in Imphis, and he was working with a Manolian girl and an Imphisi pirate, both jewel-touched too, by lightning and wind, respectively. More frowns rippled across the officers' faces. They They may be on this train too. The frowns deepened. Sergeant Entra? Yes, sir, said one of the nearest officers, snapping out another quick salute. This man had a sadistic glint in his eyes and a thick grey moustache. Take Felon Bunce and search the train. Command all personnel to remove their helmets and join you in the search. The Manolian is undisguisably female. The Amphisi is blind in one eye and has an air of moronic indolence. If they are on this train, they will not be able to conceal themselves for very long. If anyone runs, you will know you have found them. Bring me them alive, if you can. Yes, sir, Sergeant Entra barked, and hurried off out of the carriage with two other men. 
Shadowfinger Alpis, said Vor. Yes, sir. Even amidst his growing terror, Rin's head rocked back with surprise at hearing the voice of a woman. From near the back of the carriage, a figure stepped forward, who he had not noticed till now. A figure wrapped all in black as Vish was, only shorter than Vish, and unmistakably a woman from her hips and bust. Her face did not give her away as such, because she wore a mask, a mask with a grotesque feminine face painted on it, a wide, smiling caricature of a woman, with rosy red cheeks and exaggerated eyelashes on a white enamel backdrop. "'I have been informed that Shadowfinger Vish is aboard this train as well,' Vor said to the woman. "'What is he doing here? What he is doing here, I do not know. Find him and liaise with him at once to find out what is going on. I suspect that he may have tracked the interlopers here under cover. Only I found them first but I need to be certain. Go now. Yes, General Vor, said the woman. She picked up a rolled-up length of chain that had been on the floor next to where she had been sitting and walked out of the carriage the same way the three other, three other officers had. As the Shadowfinger walked past Rin, the air seemed to grow momentary, momentarily colder. A shiver ran up his spine. That left about seven men in the carriage, looking at Vor like a litter of nervous puppies. The rest of you, while I interrogate this whelp, I want you to go over to the Monolian invasion, go over the Monolian invasion plan again, and ensure that you have perfectly memorized every detail. Rin gulped. We will no doubt find any remaining interlopers soon, and the operation will go ahead as planned. Be ready. Yes, General Vor. The remaining officers chanted as one, giving him yet another flurry of salutes. Good, said Vor. Get to it. He signaled to Sid. You with me. Sid gently pushed Rin after Vor as the two of them followed him down the rest of the length of the carriage and through yet another door. This carriage was plush and comfortable like the previous one, with the same fancy carpet and curtains, but instead of seats or bunks, it contained a series of small beds alongside each wall. There was another exit at the far end of this carriage. As soon as the door had closed behind them, Vor grabbed Rin by the arm and threw him onto the floor in the middle of the carriage. Rin stumbled from the force of the throw and went down with a grunt, falling face down on the carpet. His hand, his head and his back already all ached, but somehow he knew that the worst was yet to come. A cold dread settled in the pit of his stomach as he stared at the red carpet beneath him. "'You, soldier, stand, out, stand guard outside the door,' Vor said to Sid. "'Don't admit anyone unless they have news of the Shadowfinger or any other rebels being discovered.' "'Yes, sir,' Rin heard Sid say before the sound of the door clicking open and shut again. Vor said nothing for a moment. Chaka 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 Then Rin became aware of the sound of Vor's breathing. It was deep, coming from the general's nostrils, and so loud that he could hear it even over the sound of the travelling train. The breaths were getting louder still, and slightly faster, and now closer, as Vor stepped nearer and stood over Rin. I'm going to ask you again, Vor said, slowly and deliberately, like he was holding back strong emotion. Are you alone, or are your companions from Ast with you? What do I tell him? Rin thought, as he stared into the red carpet. I don't even know where they are now. They might have run away. But should I admit that they were on the train at all? He as good as knows that already. But no, if there's a chance they can get away, I shouldn't confirm that for him. Mother, father, hometown, Nithia. I found Vor. I tried to kill Vor. I failed. Damn him. Rin flipped himself round and sat up. He looked up at the huge, looming figure of Vor, this man who had killed his parents and destroyed his hometown, the man whom he hated so much. The general was still breathing heavily, 
but his massive jaw was set in a tight line in his stupid round face underneath his bright red hair. There was something burning in his eyes. Anger, maybe? Or hatred? Or lust of some kind? Rin wavered for a moment. But then he said, I have no idea what you're talking about, with a defiant smile. <laughs> Rin lost a brief moment of consciousness. Then he became aware that he was now lying a couple of paces away on his back. The shout he had just heard called up to him, and at first he thought it had been his own, but then he realised it had been a shout of fury from Vor. Then the pain set in. He had been numb with shock for a moment, but now a terrible pain screamed from his mouth and nose. He instinctively felt for his front teeth with his tongue. A couple were missing, others were broken. Vor must have kicked him in the face so hard that he had blacked out for a moment. The pain was so bad he could barely think over it. Vor was crouching over him. Did you come alone or with others? He said calmly and deliberately again. How did you get on board this train? Tell me now or I will break your fingers one by one. Rin could barely hear his own terrified thoughts through the agony of his mouth and nose. I should just give in. Tell him. When he hesitated, Rin felt Vor pull off one of his imperial gloves and take hold of one of his fingers. No, please! Rin just had time to squeal. A snapping sound. An ecstasy of white-hot pain flooded Rin's being, flowing up from his finger and joining with the wells of pain already leaking from his mouth, his nose and his back. He heard himself screaming somewhere, but he heard it as something happening to someone far away, on the other side of the pain. The initial flash of pain receded just a little, quietening ever so slightly, and Rin heard himself pleading with Vor in a manic squeal. All right, all right, I'll tell you. Please don't break any more of my fingers. I know as much as you do. My two friends were with me in the carriage, but they got away when I attacked you. I don't know where, though. I don't know where they've gone. Good, said Vor. That's more like it. I may consider stopping torturing you now, if you keep talking. Oh, thank the gods, Rin managed to think in the sea of pain. Thank Imkala, thank Edres, thank Intric, thank all the gods, thank the one. On the other hand, I'm rather enjoying myself, and we've started now, so why not carry on? Snap. The whole world was pain. Rin screamed again, kept on screaming. Tell me more, said Vor's voice somewhere in the pain. That's not enough. How did you join up with the jewel-touched pirate? Are there any more of you? Where would the wench and the pirate have gone? Tell me. Tell me now. Snap. Pain. Pain. So much pain. Pain like a tidal wave crashing over him. Almost enough pain to make him pass out. Just tell him, Rin thought. Just speak. Say something. Maybe he'll stop breaking your fingers. We just found him, Rin squeaked when the first wave had passed over him. We landed on his ship when we fell out of yours. Nuthia says it was the one, but it could have just been pure luck. And I don't know where they've gone. I wasn't meant to attack you. I just did it on impulse, so they, they've probably run away. They could be anywhere. They could have jumped off the train by now and left me. Unlikely, said Vor's voice from somewhere. They would injure themselves jumping onto land from a moving train, though the pirate does have wind projection. What about others? Are there any others with you? In the storm of pain, Rin searched through his mind for something to cling to. Could he afford to tell the general about Elran, Vish, Sid? Anything that might have the smallest chance of stopping this pain or slowing it down. Sid was jewel touch too. That might be important. And Vish seemed to have turned traitor to the Empire. Was it worth revealing that? When he hesitated again, Vor snapped another of his fingers. Ah! 
Are there others with you? Vor bellowed. Are there others? Tell me. Rin broke his limit. A strange tingling sensation joined the pain for a moment, mixing with it, spreading from his heart out through his whole body, to his head, his feet, to the tips of his mangled fingers. He opened his eyes, which had been scrunched shut in agony, and realised that he was on fire. In his desperation, he had somehow inadvertently lit his whole body on fire. He looked up at Vor through his new aura of flickering orange. The general was still crouched over him, holding one of his hands. Fire burst! Rin shouted, and this time flames leapt straight from his mouth. The flames flew into Vor's face, but merely dissipated when they hit it, without any effect. Vor blinked a couple of times and leaned in closer, so they were face to face. You stupid mutt, Vor said right in his face. I can see you've been practising, but that's not going to work on me, remember? How many times do you need to be reminded of this? I am Ruby Touch too, as are all my officers now. I have fire projection just like you, and fire cannot harm me. As if Rin thought that it would. As if Rin was acting rationally out of anything other than primal survival instinct. Vor's face receded, and then he kicked Rin in the stomach again, sending him skidding across the floor and into the side of one of the beds. Something in Rin's chest stuck out at a weird angle, and his fingers raged at him when he automatically put them out to steady himself. The pain had reached a new intensity he had never imagined imagined possible. He felt his attention starting to move in and out of focus. He was going to pass out. Either that or Vor was going to kill him first. Are there others with you? Vor shouted again, emphasising every other word like Rin was an idiot. Do you know of the locations of any more jewels? Why are you on a train bound for Manolia? Tell me, you pathetic piece of poodoo. Tell me or I will break every single one of your fingers and toes. Tell me or I will cut them off and make you eat them. Just pain, and the fear of even more of it, and the shame that he knew he couldn't hold out for much longer, and that soon he would tell the general everything. What is it? Rin heard Vor yelling. Vor was striding over to the door of the carriage. Someone had knocked on it. He heard Vor open the door. Rin could just about make out their conversation through the noise of his pain. What? I am busy. My apologies, General, but you said to let you know if there were any developments. Sid? Well, what is it? Spit it out, gods damn you, soldier. It's it's the Shadowfingers, sir. They've caught the other infiltrators. No. Already? Why didn't you say so straight away? Let them in, you fool. Yes, sir. Even though it hurt to move, Rin managed to roll over a little onto his side so that he could look at the door. Sid stood aside, and in came Vish and the other lady Shadowfinger, followed by an unhelmeted Sagar and Nuthia. Rin's tired, overworked heart still leapt a little in his chest when he saw her. Sagar and Nuthia and Nuthia were marched in by two more soldiers who held sword points to the back of their necks to stop them trying anything. The younger of the two they had met last night, and Elran. What in all the hells? Has Elran betrayed us now too? Or is Vish planning something? Shut the door, soldier, Vor commanded, and Sid did so, still on his side of it, on this side of it. The new arrivals walked in and fanned out in front of Vor, in what space there was between the beds. They were somewhat obscured by Vor himself, but Rin saw Nuthia's eyes flick down to him in concern, then back up to Vor, whom she regarded with tight-lipped rigidity. Sagar, unusually, wore nearly the same tense expression. They didn't look like they had a plan. Rin had to think amidst the terrible pain. But 
Maybe he should just give up and die now. General Vore, Vish was the first to speak, in his exotic, guttural tones. Shadowfinger Vish, acknowledged Vore. He and Vish addressed each other almost as equals. Congratulations, I see that you have made good on your latest bounty. With a little help from me, it would seem. He gestured with a hand towards Rin. You will be rewarded accordingly with poppy seed. Vish's eyes stretched inside for the in size for the briefest of instants. Rin had to close his own eyes again for a moment, in response to a particularly strong throb of pain from his fingers. He didn't want to whimper in front of Nuthia, so he bit down on his tongue. Thank you, General, said Vish. I must say, though, Shadowfinger, Vor went on, that I am a little confused as to why it is only here and now that you have managed to unmask and bring in these rebels. There was something off about Vor's voice, but Rin couldn't place it. It had taken on a sinister note, even more so than usual. Was he really confused, like he said, or was there something else going on? Oh, said Vish. Rin couldn't read his expression underneath his headscarf, but this time his grey eyes stayed level. What are you confused about, General? If you knew that the rebels were on this train, why did you not inform me, either of this or that you were on it too? The briefest of hesitations. Then Vish said, Simple, General. I had tracked the three targets to Syra, but temporarily lost them when they disguised themselves and infiltrated this train. I was fairly sure I had the right people, but I was biding my time to make absolutely sure, and to see what they were up to. When that boy over there revealed himself, I knew I had them. So here they are for you. Ingenious, said Vor, lingering over the word. Well, your story makes sense. Congratulations again, Shadowfinger. His hand went to one of a number of small pouches affixed to his belt, popped it open, and drew something out, holding it up in front of himself. Vish's eyes went wide again, and stayed that way. Here's your poppy seed in reward, said Vor. One now and two more later, seeing as you brought in three targets, although really I was the one who apprehended the first one, so I'm being more than generous. Rin could see the longing in Vish's eyes. Come on, Vish, he willed through his pain. He hadn't seen this coming. Sid has plenty of poppy. We can give you poppy. If you're planning something, don't give in now. I, said Vish, I am grateful, General. The shadow finger stepped forward to take the poppy. No! When he stepped within reach, Vor grabbed Vish by the throat with one hand. Nuthia and Sagar gasped. Vish's hands flew to his neck at once to try to prise Vor's hand off, but it was no use. The gauntleted fingers fixed tightly around his throat. Vor lifted him off the ground with one hand and held him aloft. Vish started to wheeze and choke, his legs kicking frantically as he pulled at Vor's hand with no success. Pitiful darky, Vor said. I don't know why the Emperor values you so much. How did they get to you? Did they offer you a better poppy supply somehow? Nobody has more poppy than us. The seeds are always your weakness. He looked past Vish. Soldiers, kill the hostages. Now, Vish managed to croak from within Vor's grip. Do it now. Chaos erupted. A gust of air billowed through the carriage. Saga, Rin thought briefly, before he was flipped back over onto his front. He screamed as the pain in his hand and back spiked again. Shouts and battle cries and the sound of pistols discharging and the ring of steel on steel. And then he was on his back again, another flare of pain exploding through his body. Sid's face swam into his failing vision amidst dancing white spots. It was bad, Sid was saying, kneeling next to him. Really bad. 
I'm going to have to use a lot of mana to heal you. Hold on. Sid placed one hand on Rin's chest, cradled Rin's broken fingers with the other, and closed his eyes. Another shock of pain and Rin screamed again. He was sure that this one was going to tip him over into unconsciousness, or worse. Cura! But then the heat of the pain transformed all of a sudden, and became a cool, soothing sensation that started in his hand and chest and spread slowly through the rest of him. Rin's fingers moved back into joint and went straight and normal again. He felt his teeth regrow and move back into place. The pain departed. He sighed, freed from the agony he had been trapped in, utterly relieved, and opened his eyes. Sid was panting. Come on, lad, he said. You're needed. Rin wasted no time. He let Sid pull him up, then looked around at the battle that had begun. Vor had been blown to the far end of the carriage, where it was back on his feet and had his huge sword drawn, shouting in fury and swinging it in massive deadly arcs at Sagar, who had his twin cutlasses out, and Nuthia, who knew how to handle the imperial sword she carried too, Rin was surprised to see. On the other side of them, near the entrance to the carriage, Vish and Elran were locked in a similar dance with the female Shadowfinger. Vish's black sword flashed this way and that, and Elran flicked her whip out in Vish's snaps, but the Shadowfinger dodged and jumped and twirled to avoid each blow, and each time brought her chained mace of spikes around in reply, forcing Vish and Elran to dodge out of the way themselves. On the floor next to them lay Tilbrook, eyes staring at nothing, blood leaking from his mouth. He was only a boy, thought Rin, barely older than me. Rin made his choice, and pelted towards the far end of the carriage where Sagar and Nuthia were fighting Vor, familiar hatred for the Empire and the General spreading like heat from his chest. It wasn't really a choice at all. Kill Vor. He saw a gap in the melee as Sagar used another smaller gust of wind to push Vor back again, and, his reserves replenished by Sid's magic, flung a fireball directly at the General. It hit him in the chest, but then dissipated into nothing. Get back, pup, Sagar said. We don't need you here. Go help the girl and the scum sucker. Don't you remember he's impervious to fire attacks? Oh, yeah. In a sudden thrill at being healed by Sid and back on his feet again, Rin had completely forgotten that for a moment. Again. Stupid. Elpis, roared Vor all of a sudden through the momentary lull in the fighting. Call for reinforcements, damn you! Rin spun to see the Lady Shadowfinger leap away from Vish and Alran in two elegant hops, twisting in the air as she did so, and land by the door. She dashed through it, and the open door bounced off the wall and shut again with a clang. Distant shouts. They all stood blankly watching the door for a moment, blinking in surprise at what had just happened. She had moved so fast. A rumble. And then the door to the carriage burst open, and in flew the Shadowfinger again, followed by the armoured Imperial officers Rin had seen earlier, followed by soldier after soldier after soldier, swarming into the carriage like a stampede of giant ants. Pudu! yelled Sagar, still trading strikes with Vor. Run! Vish and Elran didn't need telling twice. But Rin did, frozen as he was in place by shock and his desire to see Vor dead. Come on, Rin! Nuthia said, grabbing him by the hand and tugging him after her, away from the oncoming soldiers. Sagar motioned with his hand and yelled something, and another massive gust of wind pushed Vor out of their path, slamming him into a window, leaving a spider web of cracks. Elran unloaded a shot at him as she passed, and sparks flew from his chest plate. It wouldn't have wounded him, Rin knew, but it kept him there a little longer as they dashed past. Rin felt a pang of regret that he was running away from Vor again as he forced himself to look away, but he had realised at last that he wasn't going to kill the general today. Run, Rin, run! Run away, live to fight another day, 
live to find Vor again and make him pay. Thank the gods there was another door at the end of the carriage, the other end of the carriage. Sagar got to it first and kicked it open. They piled after him out of it, but where Rin had expected the door to lead straight into another carriage, instead it opened up to a small exterior platform built onto the outside of the train. They skidded to a halt on the miniature platform, stumbling and holding onto each other to stop themselves falling off it with their momentum. Rushing air and green hills lit by morning sunshine greeted them. Elran, last out, slammed the door behind her and shoved her sheathed imperial sword through its handle to prevent it from being opened. Almost immediately something slammed into the door from the other side and it came open slightly but stopped when it met the resistance of the weapon. Shouting. It would probably hold for a little while, but not long. What now? said Rin desperately. A few feet in front of them, on the other side of the platform, was another carriage, only this one was smaller and round, with a big pipe coming out of it blowing steam into the air. In there? said Nuthia. That's the driver's carriage, said Sid. No, said Sagar. We'll just be cornered in there. Up. He pointed. Behind them, next to the door that Elran had wedged shut, a ladder. Sagar shoved Nuthia forward so that she went up first. Then he followed, then Sid, then Elran, then Rin with Vish behind him. It was even windier on top of the train. The rushing air made Rin's hair fly around his head. The roofs of the box-like carriages were flat, though, so they could walk on them. As Rin stepped out onto the roof of the carriage, they had just been inside. He heard snapping metal below, and shouts. Where have they gone? Up there, up on the roof. Rin ran along the top of the carriage with the others. He could hear soldiers calling after them already. When they got to the first gap between the roof they were on and the roof of the next carriage, only a couple of metres, they jumped it and kept running. They kept on like this, dashing across the train top and vaulting the spaces between the carriages. But, Rin thought, what's our end game here? How are we going to get off this train? And then he saw the black armoured soldiers in front of them, climbing up onto the roof of the rearmost carriage of the train, about eight carriages away in the distance. They were going to be caught from both sides. Halt! yelled Vish to everyone. Form up! Stand ground! He had used unfamiliar language, but everyone seemed to instinctively understand what he meant and obeyed him. They all stopped in the middle of the roof of the carriage they were currently on and intuitively arranged themselves so that they were back to back in pairs, three of them facing the back of the train, three of them on the front. Three of them the front. Rin stood back to back with Vish, alongside Nuthia and Sagar facing the same way to either side of him, who were back to back with Elran and Sid respectively and watched the approaching stream of helmetless soldiers coming towards him over the top of the train. They were three carriages away. Swordless, he clenched his fists, readying himself to throw fire. Have the regular soldiers been ruby-touched as well, or just the officers? There's only one way to find out. I'm not sure we can win this, he thought aloud. Quiet, pup, Sagar snapped. The soldiers were two carriages away now. Rin could see their snarls and the battle lust in their eyes. We're going to try anyway. Don't forget, we've still got our elemental projection. An old timer back there can heal us if we need it. And now that we're and now that we're outside, I can use my lightning," said Nuthia. A crackle, and the hair on the back of Rin stood on Rin's um, neck stood on end. The oncoming soldiers cleared the gap onto their carriage. They charged the last steps towards the party, swords drawn, shouting curses and battle cries. Rin could see the spittle flying from their mouths. Here goes nothing. The closest one had his blade raised to strike. Fire! shouted Rin, thrusting out his palms and willing the flames forwards. Burning orange leapt from his hands in a blast that engulfed the charging soldiers. Their shouts turned to screams.
In the same moment, Sagar shouted, Windara! next to him. An instant after the flames appeared, a huge gust of wind blew from the side across the top of the carriage with a howling shriek, making Rin wobble, even though he hadn't caught the full force of it. The gust blew Rin's flames away into the side, off the top of the train, and they dissipated into nothing. At the same time, the gust took most of the soldiers with it, knocking them off the train. They flew off the roof, still screaming, some still on fire from Rin's attack, like crumbs being brushed from a tablecloth. Rin winced as the screams were cut short by the crunches of the soldiers hitting the passing landscape beneath them. He turned, panting, to Sagar. Hey, what are you doing? Your attack got in the way of mine. The pirate was panting too. He scowled at Rin with his good eye. Well, it worked, didn't it? I didn't know if your fire was going to have any effect on the soldiers. It doesn't on Vor. Behind them, Rin heard the sound of Elran's pistols discharging as she, Vish and Sid met the wave of soldiers that crashed on them from the other direction. Well, it clearly does, Rin snapped back, irritated. It must just be the officers they've touched with the ruby, not the common soldiers. Um, boys, said Nuthia. Rin and Sagar looked up from their argument, ignoring the sounds of Elran, Vish and Sid still fighting behind them. In front of them, at the other end of the carriage roof, stood four helmetless imperial officers and the Lady Shadowfinger, all flanking at their head, General Vor. Rin's heart skipped a beat. He needed to kill this man, but for the moment he was depleted, and he had realised that he still wasn't strong enough to kill him yet. He needed more time. That meant he needed to, needed to survive this battle somehow. He also wanted his friends to survive, even Sagar. Okay, we need to coordinate our attacks, our attacks this time, he said quietly to Sagar and Nuthia, hoping that Vor couldn't hear. I'm not sure how much mana I've got left, said Sagar, a sliding of metal as he drew his twin blades. Rin wished that he hadn't lost his imperial sword. Don't worry, said Nuthia unexpectedly. I've still got my lightning projection. I'm not sure Vor's remembered that. I'm not sure that's the sort of thing he would forget, said Rin. Something was wrong. Vor had his own huge blade drawn too, but he wasn't coming forwards to use it. Yet. His jaw was set, and his brows creased in a deep frown. He looked thoroughly pissed off. Rebel filth, Vor said calmly, as if he was addressing them by a formal title. I don't know how you manage to turn a shadow finger to your cause, or why you keep popping up at inopportune moments, but I've had enough of you. By killing you, I'll be ridding myself of a nuisance and saving the Empire the money we would have to, had to pay out for your bounty. He, stepped, he took a step towards them. Stop right there, Vor, yelled Nuthia, and he did. We're outside now, and I can use my gift. Why is she telling him that? Oh, right, her stupid no-killing rule. She wants to give him a chance. One step closer and I'll electrocute you where you all stand. There was some shuffling behind them, but Rin kept his eyes forwards, on Vor. Right, said Elran from behind. We've taken care of the soldiers on our side. Well, Vish took care of them mainly. What did we miss? Oh. Vor was still frowning at them grimly, moving his teeth from side to side, like he was pondering something. But then his frown cracked and became a menacing smile. Don't threaten me, witch, he called back to Nuthia. You don't know as much as you think you do. You've served your purpose and helped the Empire enough already by betraying your homeland. What? It's time for you to die now. His words were threatening, but he stayed where he was for the moment. Beyond him, and to either side of the train, the green hills of whatever country they were currently travelling through rolled by. What did he mean Nuthia betrayed her homeland? He's bluffing, said Sagar, quietly enough so that only they could hear. 
At least Rin hoped that Vor and the officers couldn't hear him over the rush of the train and the wind. I'm not so sure, said Sid from behind them. Uh, guys, what's the plan here? said Elrond nervously. If he takes one step, said Sagar, hit him with everything you've got, princess. No, said Sid, listen to me. There's no time to explain now, but that's really not a good plan. We need a different one. Look, in the distance, the train's about to pass alongside a river. When I give the signal, everybody jump. What? said Sagar. Are you mad, old-timer? I don't know how to swim, Rin just had time to think. Enough stalling, shouted Vor. He ran towards them with a battle roar, the officers in Shadowfinger following fast. Baltaga! shouted Nuthia at the top of her lungs. A crack and bright white lightning leapt from her outstretched fingertips, lancing into the Imperials. More lightning than Rin had ever seen her summon before danced from her hands in a heartbeat. Two, three, crackling and shifting and jumping between the Imperial officers, lighting up their faces, wide-eyed with shock. They cried out, presumably in pain. And then the lightning subsided. Steam hissed up from the officers and Shadowfinger, and their shouts died away. But they were all still standing. How? murmured Nuthia. Vor looked down at himself, apparently as surprised as she was. Ha! Huh, he chortled, sounding half disbelieving. And then another chortle came, and another, and his laughter grew and grew until it poured forth freely. <laughs> he looked up at them again and stopped laughing. Kill them! he roared. Vor and the officers came on, swords raised high to strike. Just beyond them, Rin glimpsed a ribbon of blue that the train was coming towards. Now! shouted Sid. Quick jump! Without thinking, Rin grabbed Nuthia's hand and jumped with her over the side of the carriage. Rushing freefall and a fluttering stomach, they hit the water with a chilling splash. Enjoyed the episode? I always appreciate a rating and or review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.